there. We're going to begin our service. We're going to sing to God's praise in Psalm 107. And we're going to sing from verse 23. Our singings today tie in with the theme that we had during the holiday club this week. And our first thing in this Psalm 107, it tells us about uh, those who went to sea in ships and they found themselves in great danger. And when they were in danger, what did they do? Uh, they cried out to the Lord for help and he rescued them. And that's very much the theme that we had in the holiday club this week. So we're going to sing this psalm, Psalm 107 at verse 23, who go to sea in ships and in great waters trading be. Within the deep these men God's works and his great wonders see. We'll sing down to verse 30 and we're going to stand to sing. Go to sea in ships and in great going to come to God in prayer now. Let us bow our heads in a word of prayer. Our Father in heaven, as we come to unite our hearts in prayer, as we come to lift up our praise to you this day, we thank you that you are a God who has promised that you are always near, that as we worship you, as we praise your name, as we offer up our prayers, your ear is open towards us. You hear our every word and you delight when your people come 
to give you all the praise. And we thank you that your name is worthy of it. We are reminded in the, the psalm that we just sung that we so often find ourselves in difficulty. And in this life, we are not far away from troubles. They are all around us. But we thank you that you are there to be called upon, that you are the one who is able to, to change the storm into a calm. And we thank you for that great promise that we have in your word, that we have one who is able to help, one who is able to save uh, the rescuer who is Jesus Christ, our Lord. And so we pray today that we will be able to worship you with all our hearts, uh, to give you thanks for all your blessings, and that even as we look back over this week, and especially as we give thanks for the, the holiday club that took place, uh, we thank you for the time we enjoyed together for all the children and, and parents and families who were joined together there, for all who helped with it in so many different ways. We thank you for your presence with us, for your peace and blessing over us. And we ask for that to continue with us today and always, that we would know that you are with us and that that is your promise, that you are always with us. So may you bless us and help us day by day that we would be by faith people who can trust in you and always lean upon you for help in every experience we have. We know today that there are those who are going through personal times of difficulty. We know that there are people who are sad because of the loss of loved ones. There are people who are unwell, both at home and in hospitals. Maybe even in our own families we know of those who are unwell. We want to pray for each and every one that you will draw near with your comfort, with your peace and your healing hand where that is in your will. We thank you for your word. We thank you that it is a light and a beacon of hope in this world in which we live. And we pray that you will bless your word as we share from it together today. Bless it in all the messages we heard during this past week. Bless it in all the services that take place throughout the week and today and not just here but Everywhere your word is proclaimed, we thank you that it's a great light shining into our world, and we pray that you will help people to see uh, the way to life and that life that is found in Jesus Christ, the one who is the treasure above everything else that we should desire in this world. So may you lead us to him and help us to look to him and fix our eyes on him today. Bless us later as we will enjoy tea and coffee together with all the young ones as they will sing and share with us and we do pray your blessing on each and every one of them and their families and all of us together may we know your peace and blessing with us and we ask it all with forgiveness of our sins in jesus precious name amen as i was saying before we really did enjoy uh, a great week together at the Holiday Club this week, and it's great to see so many children and also parents who are along this week here today. And today's service is really based on the things that we were looking at during this past week. We're looking at the passage that we were looking at in the memory verse that we learned especially, which you'll all remember and hopefully you'll be able to share with us later on as well. It was a really good week together where we were singing songs, we had games, there were crafts each day, different things going on each day, but above all, we were learning about a great story, the story that we find in the Bible. And it really is the greatest story ever told. It's a story that's been told for thousands of years now and being passed on from generation to generation so that older people are telling younger people about this great story, a story of a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this week as we've been learning about it, we've been learning about it not just to keep it to ourselves, but so we may go out and share it with others as well. And today, together, we're going to share a little bit more about this story. And it's the story of a treasure hunt. 
And that's really what we were looking at this past week. We were all in the holiday club on a treasure hunt. And a treasure hunt, if you've ever done one, takes you along different directions. Sometimes you're going the right way, sometimes you're going the wrong way. Sometimes you find a clue and you understand it, sometimes the clue doesn't make any sense and you have to ask for help. But as we were looking at the treasure hunt this week, we were learning about a man called Paul. And before he became Paul, he had another name. He was called Saul. And the thing that made a great difference in his life was when he met Jesus. His life was totally changed, totally transformed when he found the greatest treasure of all. He met with Jesus and he put his faith in Jesus. He trusted Jesus with all of his heart. And in doing so, his life was transformed, as we heard this week, and we're going to look at that in a little while. But above all, we learned this week about Jesus and who he is, and how he's described in the Bible to us. One of the ways we saw him described was as a great light, as a lighthouse, a lighthouse that shines brightly into this world. Now, what's the job of a lighthouse? Why are there lighthouses dotted all over the country and indeed all over the world? Well, they're there to, to help people, to make sure that people who are maybe going the wrong way, going off track, going off course, are brought back onto the right path, onto the right route. And that is what Jesus did for Paul. That's what Jesus has done for thousands and thousands and hundreds and thousands and millions of people down through all the years. He shone his light into this world to show us where we're going wrong and to bring us back onto the right track. God's love for us is an amazing thing that he gave us Jesus to be this lighthouse. And when Paul came to know Jesus for himself, he became a light for Jesus too. And that is our prayer after this week and as we go forward, that each one of us would be a lighthouse, that each one of us would shine the light of Jesus by telling others about this wonderful Savior, this Jesus who Paul knew and who we can know, and to see the treasure that is salvation in Jesus and come and tell others about it. Have any of you ever visited a lighthouse? Maybe if you've been to a lighthouse, you can put your hand up and I'll see who's been. Anybody visit a lighthouse? Yeah, there's a few hands going up. I know some of the schools around here, you, you, they take you on a trip to see the lighthouse out at Arnish. And I'm sure it's a great place to see because it gives you a, a better understanding of what a lighthouse does. And today's actually National Lighthouse Day. And it's just a reminder to us of how important these things are. And if you've been to a lighthouse, you maybe see how it works. It sends its light out in the darkness, and people can see it for miles and miles. But today's lighthouses are mostly electric. But back in the day, before electric, people used to have to look after lighthouses by using an oil lamp. And the lamp had to be lit when it became dark, and the oil had to be kept topped up so there was always a light shining out. And one time, there was a group of people going to visit a lighthouse, a group of young people going to visit one of these lighthouses. And each lighthouse had a lighthouse keeper. They were there to look after them. When this group was visiting the lighthouse, one of the young people asked the lighthouse keeper, do you not get scared here at night when it's dark and windy and wild outside? Well, the lighthouse keeper's answer was very revealing. He said, no, we don't think of ourselves here at all. We are safe where we are. We are here because we want others to be safe too. A lighthouse is there to guide ships 
to safety, just like we were singing about in that psalm, Psalm 107. The Lord is there to be a light to us, to show us the way to safety. And as Christians, we ourselves know that we are safe in Jesus, so we are to show others the way to Jesus. And that's what Paul's life became too. Not living first and foremost for himself, but living for Jesus. And today we're going to look at the Bible and see our own lives a bit like going on a treasure hunt. Just like we were doing this past week, we're going on a treasure hunt. We see there are exciting things, there's scary things. We need to know where we are going and how to get there. And we see that we need help along the way if we want to find this treasure. So we're going to think of three little things today. The root, the rescue, and the riches. And as we come to look at these things, we're going to read together in the passage that we were looking at in the holiday club this week. And you find it on the back of your notice sheets. If you don't have a Bible in front of you, the words are on the back of the notice sheet. We're going to read from Philippians chapter 3 and from verse 7 down to verse 16. Philippians chapter 3 and at verse 7. Remember, this is Paul writing to the church at a place called Philippi and teaching them about the wonders of Jesus. And he says here, But whatever gain I had... <clears throat> I count it as loss. <clears throat> Whatever gain I had, I count it as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already obtained this, or I'm already perfect, but I press on to make it my own, because Christ Jesus made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let those of us who are mature, think this way. And if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. Only let us hold true to what we have attained. That's God's word to us, and may he bless it to us. Well, as we think of these words that we, we read, and as we were thinking of uh, at the Holiday Club this week. The first thing we want to think about today is the root. The root. And what do we mean by the root? Well, if you're going on a treasure hunt, you follow a route, you follow a path, and you go along a, maybe a path that leads you in different directions. And this week we had something to help us along the way. Hanging on the wall through in the hall and up on the screen during the week, we saw something that was helping us find our way along this treasure. And anybody remember what that was? It was up on the wall and it showed us different things. It was a map. A map. And a map we use because it helps us find our way. It's important if we're going somewhere or we're looking for a particular place, we have something to help us along the way. Otherwise, what happens? What happens if we, we are not sure where we're going or we don't have a map to show us the way? We end up lost. We end up lost. Maybe if you've been away on holiday over the summer, you've ended up lost somewhere along the way. You've gone somewhere new 
and you weren't sure what direction to go to get there, and you've ended up lost somewhere along the way. Well, as we were doing the, the holiday club this week, we were following a map that was taking us in different directions. And our lives are just like that. Our lives are like going on a treasure hunt, going on a journey. And Paul is a great example to us of this. Before he met Jesus, he thought the life he was living was good. There in the reading we had, uh, he says in verse 12, he says, not that I have already obtained this, or I'm already perfect. Is anybody here perfect? Could you put up your hand and think, yes, I'm perfect. Well, if you'd asked Paul before he met Jesus, he might have said, yeah, I'm perfect. Everything that I am doing is good and right. And he thought everything that he was doing, he was doing for God. But actually, he was way off track. He wasn't following the right map. He was doing bad things. And especially against Christians, he was doing bad things. He was thought he was on the right route, but he was actually lost. And how do we know this? How do we know this is what he was? Well, it's because he tells us himself. And it's actually the verse that we learned this week. The memory verse this week was verse 8 of Philippians 3. And I'm going to, to say it just now the way we learned it at the holiday club. And I'm sure if you're at the holiday club, you'll be able to join in. The verse said this, Nothing is as wonderful as knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. I have given up everything else and count it all as rubbish. All I want is Christ. That verse tells us that Paul knew later on, after he'd met Jesus, that he had actually been lost. But then he's telling us that he gave up everything that he thought was right and good so that he could know Jesus Christ. All I want is Christ. So what had he given up? Well, Paul had many good things in his life. He had status, he had power, he had control over many people. In fact, people were very often scared of Paul because of the kind of man he was. But it was of no use to him. There was no lasting treasure there. There was nothing that was going to do him any good in the long term. He was attracted to the things of this world, things that are just temporary, things that don't last. He was a little bit like a sheep, a sheep that had gone astray. He had wandered off, gone down the wrong path, thinking the grass over there looks so much better, it looks so much greener, I'm going to go over there and have that. But what he found was it wasn't as good as he thought it might be. Does anybody here have sheep and like looking after sheep? There's not too many, maybe. One or two. Do you, if you like looking after sheep, it's, you realize it's not always easy. Looking after sheep is hard work. And one of the greatest things that's hard about them is they're, they're so awkward. They're so stubborn. They never go where you want them to go. They'll always go where they want to go themselves and do their own thing. And the interesting thing is that the Bible actually describes us in that way. In the Old Testament, in a book called Isaiah, Isaiah says these words, all we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned each to our own way. That's the way we're described in the Bible. And in looking for treasure in our own life, and as we were seeing this week, looking at the map, we see all the different directions we can go. And sometimes we don't listen to what God is saying and we'll go off on the wrong track. We end up lost. And how are we lost today? How can we be lost if we know exactly where we are? Here we are in the church in Stornoway. We've come from our house to come to church today. We've not got lost along the way. 
And after church, we'll go back home. And we know the way to go home. We won't get lost maybe on the, on the way going back home. But at the same time, if we don't have Jesus today, we can say that we're lost. Paul thought, and many people before and after him thought, that everything was good and everything was right, that he knew where he was going. But we learn such an important lesson from Paul that when he says, you know, I'd gone on the wrong route, I'd followed the wrong path, I'd gone the wrong way. And he says, everything that I thought was good was actually rubbish. So what do we do with rubbish? We throw it away, we throw it in the bin because we realize it's not the treasure that we need at all. It's not what's going to help us in this world. We need to find a greater treasure. We have to find our way back onto the right path, on the right route. When we are lost, we need help. And that's what we were looking at in the Holiday Club too. A rescuer who came to save. And that's what we're going to look at in a wee minute. But before we do, we're going to sing again to God's praise in Psalm 22, and this is in the Sing Psalms version, Psalm 22 on page 27 of the Psalm books. Psalm 22 on page 27. And we're going to sing from verse 27 down to the end of the Psalm. And this Psalm again just reminds us of what we were looking at in the holiday club this week. It reminds us about telling people about the good news of Jesus, and especially in verse 30. Posterity will serve the Lord and generations still to come will tell a people yet unborn the righteous acts that he has done. In verse 27 it says, the whole earth will remember him and turn towards the Lord their God. All peoples will bow down to him and nations of the world. Abroad. We'll sing and stand to sing verse 27 to 31 to the tune Rocking Up.
The second thing we're thinking about now is the, the rescuer. And as we think of verse 8 in Philippians, and the, the thing that made the, the greatest difference in the life of Paul was to know the Lord Jesus. Indeed, he says, I count everything as lost because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. It was, he came to know the Lord Jesus as his Savior. But the interesting thing about Paul is that he didn't actually realize the danger that he was in. He was living his life, doing everything that he was doing every day, going about his business, thinking everything was fine. All was well. He was carrying on as normal. But as he looks at his life now, and as we look at his life, we see that he was actually running away from God. And when we're living our lives without Jesus, when we've got no thought of Jesus, we might think, yes, everything that we're doing is good. I'm doing right. I'm not doing anything wrong. But when we don't have God in our lives, we're actually running away from him. And we don't even realize the danger that we're in. In America, a number of years ago, there was a car that was stolen in California. And the police were desperately searching for this car and the driver. But not because he'd stolen the car and that they wanted to arrest him for stealing the car. It was for another reason. The driver was actually in that danger that he didn't realize. And they started putting out, as well as searching for him, they started putting out announcements on the radio in the hope that the driver might be listening to one of the radio stations and that he would be able to hear the danger that he was in. You see, when the car had been stolen, the person who had been stolen from immediately called the police, not to say you've got to catch the thief, but you've got to warn him of the danger that he's in. Because on the front seat of the car, beside the driver's seat, was a packet of biscuits. And maybe the thief would be tempted to have one of these biscuits, but they weren't ordinary biscuits. You see, the driver of the car had laced them with poison. He was going to use them to catch rats. And the driver's greatest concern, the owner of the car, his greatest concern now was not to get his car back, but that the thief who had stolen it wouldn't eat one of these biscuits because he knew it would kill him. So there was this desperate search to catch this thief to save his life. The thief didn't realize the danger that he was in. And it's a reminder to ourselves today that so often when we run away from God, even when we think we're doing the right things, we feel it's almost just we want to get away from God. We don't want anything to do with God because we see God as someone who's just hard on us or maybe will punish us. But what we're actually doing is running away from a Savior, one who wants to bless his people, one who wants to save his people. And as we're looking at the story of Paul, we see that God sent his son Jesus to him. Even though he didn't realize the danger that he was in, even though he didn't realize that he was on the wrong path, God sent his son Jesus to meet him on the road in that bright shining light that blinded him. Jesus was the light that came to Paul and Jesus is the light of the world in which we live in today. He shines his light into this world through uh, his word. And who was this Jesus? Who is this Jesus? Who is this light? Well, in the previous chapter uh, to chapter 3, in chapter 2 of Philippians, we read a little of who this Jesus is. And it says, Have this mind among you, at verse 5, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped but made himself nothing, taking the form of a servant. And then it goes on to say, he humbled himself by becoming obedient 
to the point of death, even death on the cross. Who is this Jesus? Who is this rescuer? He's the son of God. But he didn't count, as it says there, equality with God, something that needed to be held onto. He had this great power and authority there, but he came into this world. He came into this world as a man. He lived among us uh, as ordinary people. But more than that, he gave his life for his people. He did something that none of us could. He died on the cross. And then he did something else that none of us can do. He rose from the death, from the, from the grave. He rose from the dead. And to this day, he meets with us through his word. We have this word of life, this greatest story ever told about one who came to rescue his people. And you think, well, this must cost a lot. This must cost a lot of money. This must be really expensive, this Jesus who offers us eternal life. People today spend thousands, some people maybe even millions, trying to find a way that they can stay alive forever. But there's no way apart from knowing Jesus. There was a, a lovely story told about uh, a nurse who was a nurse during a time of war, a time of conflict. And it was a long time ago. It was during a war that was called the Spanish-American War. This nurse named Nurse Barton, she was working in a tent hospital in a place called Cuba. And she was there looking after all these soldiers who were coming in, many of them wounded seriously, and she was working all day, every day, looking after these people. One day, this very important man came into the, the, the hospital, came into the tent, and his name was Colonel Roosevelt. And he came to her and he wanted to buy food. He wanted to buy food to give to his own soldiers who were sick and who were wounded. But she refused to sell him any food. And this really upset the colonel. He, he was annoyed with her. He was wondering, well, why wouldn't you sell me this food? But she was so busy trying to help others, she didn't have time to explain. And this colonel, he stormed out of the tent, really annoyed. And he went to speak to somebody else. And he asked this person, why won't this nurse sell me some of her food? And the man said, you just go in and ask for it. And she'll give it to you for nothing. And he thought to himself, this is so strange. But he thought, well, I'll try. And so he went back into the tent. He managed to calm himself down. He went back in and asked this nurse, could I have some food for my soldiers? And she said, yes, of course. There it is. And he didn't have to pay a penny. And that's the way we can be with the Lord as well. All we have to do is ask. And he gives us freely. We don't have to earn anything. We don't have to pay anything because he has done everything for us. That's what those words in chapter 2 mean when he became nothing. He emptied himself, Jesus. He became nothing for us. He paid the price that we cannot pay. It cost him everything. But for us, this salvation is free through faith. What do we have to do? If we're on da in danger, stranded on a treasure island as we were looking at this week, what do we have to put in the sand? We put an S-O-S. And what does that stand for? Save our souls. And that is what Jesus came to do. He came to save our souls. And all we have to do is ask. 
to come and plead with him to save us from the danger that we are in. And when we know this salvation, then we realize this is the greatest treasure we could ever have. Paul came to know that treasure for himself, to understand that everything else was rubbish compared to knowing Christ Jesus as Lord. We have a great Savior who is Jesus. And all we have to do is ask. Well, before we come to look at our final point, I'm just going to read a few verses in a different part of the Bible, reading in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 6. Matthew, chapter 6, and at verse 19. And again, this just reminds us of where our treasure is to be. Matthew chapter 6, at verse 19. And this is Jesus saying these words. Do not lay up for yourselves treasure on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasure in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So the question today as we come to a close is, where is our treasure and what is our treasure? Final thing we're thinking of is the riches that Paul knew in Christ. Back in 1969, there was a man called Rob who all his days were spent looking for treasure, looking for precious stones. He lived in America and he would go out every day searching in mountains and hills and anywhere that this treasure may be found, digging away. One day back in 1969, he found a great big blue rock. He was a simple man and the only way he could describe it was as pretty and big. And he, he tried to sell this stone because that's what he would do. He would find these stones and he would sell it to people who were passing by. And he tried to sell this big stone, but he was not successful. So time went on and he wasn't able to sell it. So what he did was he put this great big stone in a box and put it under his bed and just forgot about it for a time. He carried on looking for other stones, finding little bits here and there and send, selling them for a few pounds here and there. But then after 20 years, he came out, he was tidying out around his house, he came across this box and he recognized the big blue stone that he'd found all those years ago. And he guessed to himself, surely this stone's got to be worth something. Maybe four or 500 pounds. If I could sell it for that, it would help me pay a few of my bills. So by this point, other people had started selling precious stones and he went to see someone who he thought might be able to help him sell it. Well, this man was astonished when he saw this stone. And he said to himself, this is worth a lot of money. And Rob was amazed. The thing that he tried to sell for a few hundred pounds on different occasions, he found out that day, in around 1987 it was, it was worth 2.3 million pounds. It was an emerald that became known as the, the, the sapphire of David, I think it was called. And this stone, the star of David it was called, this stone that he'd had hidden away all those years under his bed was worth 2.3 million pounds. It would be the equivalent today of about 7 or 8 million pounds. Can you imagine having something you thought was just worth maybe a few hundred pounds that's worth millions? 
He had this treasure all the time worth so much and he didn't realize. Well, this week, as we were on a treasure hunt, it took us on a long journey through many different paths, reminding us that it's not always easy, that the going's tough, but that we're to keep going. It reminds us that when we get in trouble, we need rescued and that we have a rescuer in Jesus Christ. But at the end of the week, at the end of the hunt, what did we find? Does anybody remember what we found? Well, we found this. We found the treasure chest, didn't we? All the clues led us to find this treasure chest. And when you open a treasure chest, you maybe think it's going to be full of gold or diamonds or all kinds of jewels. But inside this treasure chest was the greatest treasure of all. And it was a Bible. And that's the greatest treasure we have. A Bible that tells us the way to salvation. This is worth so much. And yet I'm sure many of us, just like Rob who had that precious stone lying around thinking it was worthless for years, we've had this in our homes and even in our hands for years. Year after year, it's there sitting before us. And maybe we don't even open it. We don't look inside it to see what it says. And yet, if we open up this book, we find it tells us the greatest story ever told. It tells us of a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And as Paul, as we learned this week, was saying, Nothing is as wonderful as knowing Jesus Christ, my Lord. I have given up everything else and counted all as rubbish. All I want is Christ. And when we find this treasure, what are we to do with it? Well, two things. Hold fast to the word of God. Hold fast to the word of life. And then let this treasure shine out through you so that others would see the beauty of Christ. Jesus came to rescue those who were on the wrong route. He gave us a treasure, the salvation of our souls, so that we would be a light shining to others, the beauty of Christ. So may God bless his word to us and help us to find this treasure for ourselves and to share this treasure with others. We're going to sing as we conclude in Psalm 19 in the Scottish Psalter. Psalm 19 in the Scottish Psalter. On page 223. We're going to sing from verse 7 to verse 10. And it tells us in this psalm the wonder of God's word and how precious it is compared to silver and gold. It's nothing in comparison. God's law is perfect and converts the soul in sin that lies. God's testimony is most sure and makes the simple wise. We'll stand to sing verse 7 to 10 and the tune is Amazing Grace. God's law is perfect and converts the soul in sin that lies. God's testimony is for sure. 
after the benediction, I'll go to the main door. And do, if you're able, do come through to the hall uh, for tea and coffee and to share uh, with the children in a time there. So we'll close with a benediction. Now may grace, mercy, and peace from God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit rest on and abide with us all now and forevermore. Amen.